Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the gospel of our Lord. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Please be seated. This week's gospel reading might be the most iconic of the teachings of Jesus. Maybe only in the rankings with last week when we did the Beatitudes. So, blessed are you, or blessed are, dot, dot, dot. Jesus told us last week something confusing. He tells us and teaches us even today that the kingdom of God... God's kingdom belongs to people who can offer God nothing. The poor in spirit, those that are mourning, the meek, the hungry, the thirsty, to them, to such as these, Jesus says, belongs the kingdom of God. People who have nothing to offer can only receive from God. And this is the core of much of Jesus' teaching. To realize that you have nothing is to begin a faith relationship where you only receive from our Lord. That's you. That's me. Sometimes it can take a person their whole life to realize this, that you have nothing to offer God. And some people realize it quick. George Hasselman says, it seems to be and depend on how tough you have it, how quickly you realize this. 
But once you realize it, once you realize you're poor in spirit, once you realize you're meek, you're a beggar in the face of God, begging for your daily bread, when you realize you're hungry and you're thirsty for the kingdom, for Jesus, only then will he fill you up. Then he will raise you up. Then he will satisfy you. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And when you have the kingdom of God, Jesus gives us a warning. He says the world will start to misunderstand you. They'll start to disagree with you every time you open your mouth. They might even persecute you, Jesus says. So expect it. And he accompanies it with a beatitude. Blessed are you when the world works against you for my sake, he says. He says at that point, rejoice and be glad. They did the same thing to all the prophets, to the apostles, to the disciples, and of course, to Jesus. They didn't kill him for no reason. They didn't like what he was saying, what he was teaching that the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Jesus was crucified because he loves you. Like how a husband would jump in front of a knife and die for his wife. No questions asked. Jesus died in your place not to make you feel guilty for surviving. We've all heard of survivor's remorse. It's not why Jesus died for you. He died for you because he loves you. He's chosen you. He wants to share everything he has with you. And so we understand that God does everything. We understand that God saves. He saves us. He saves you by faith in Jesus Christ. But now that we know that we are chosen, special, called out of the world, what do we do? And here's where I want to introduce something to you that flows right from what I've been teaching from baptism. When Jesus talks about you, do you believe him? You should. In our reading today, Jesus talks about you. You today. He says, you all, you, you guys are the salt of the earth. You, you all are the light of the world. You, my beloved people of Holy Spirit Elk Grove Village, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Jesus made you, and chose you special because he loves you. And he has a special plan for you. What does it mean that you are salt of the earth or the salt of the earth, as Jesus says? Well, first things first, we all know what it's like to go to dinner at someone's house and maybe they've made soup and you taste the dinner, 
And you say, oh man, this needs salt. But you have to keep eating it because you're a guest. Right? We all know what it's like when something's not salty enough. Maybe even your doctor has asked you to go easy on salt or to cut out salt altogether. And now you find that you don't even like the dishes that you once liked. It's missing the salt. It's lost its saltiness. What good is it? You know? Well, let me tell you, I've had the privilege in the past week of meeting with, listening to, and ministering to George Hasselman and his family on the farm. And I'll have you know that I've never met a stronger Christian. He says that his entire life, including now, as he approaches going to be with Jesus, every morning he has woken up, he's walked to his comfy chair at the foot of his bed that's right in front of the window, and he calls this, and Jesus calls this, in his Gospels, his prayer closet or his private place for prayer. This is where George and Jesus together each morning read the Bible and where George writes out his prayers in conversation with his Lord and Savior. I asked George, what do you pray to God about? He says, well, of course, I start with, thank you, God, for food and shelter. Thank you, God, for the farm. Thank you for my family. Thank you for Barb. Thank you for my church. Thank you for the animals. Jesus, you've given me everything that I have. It all comes from you. Thank you. And he calls this gratitude. He says we all need it. And let me tell you, the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Something George likes to do, he says, is memorize the scriptures. And we bonded over this as it's something I learned from my father-in-law, Stan who also grew up as a wheat farmer in Kansas. George said his goal right now is to memorize the Beatitudes as far as he can make it, as far into the Sermon on the Mount as he can go, using his wife's favorite Bible. And that means he's probably already memorized today's Gospel reading. So we read together there at the next to his bed, you are the salt of the earth. And I asked him, George, what do you use salt for on the farm? What do we use salt for on the farm? Hmm. It makes the ice go away in the drive. The cows lick it. It's a big cube. Cows lick it. It's good for them. And, uh, oh, we throw it on the hay in the barn. And that's when I began to learn 
quite a bit about farm life, something I had never heard of before, throwing salt onto hay in a barn. I guess for thousands of years, farmers, including in Jesus' day, would have thrown salt all over the hay that they store up in their barns, especially if it's been rained on. Now, why in the world would you throw salt on hay in a barn? Well, because if it's wet, bacteria is going to start to ferment in this hay. It's going to get hot. And as George says, it might burn the barn down. You don't want that. And you know what? I think that's what the gospel reading means today. The world out there is crazy. It's one big barn. There's lots of wet hay out there. People are hurt. They're hungry. They're destitute. Yet you are the salt of the earth. Holy Spirit. Trust what Jesus says about you. Let him throw you all over the wet hay so that the world doesn't rot or blow up. These are your good works. God does not need your good works. The people out there, the people in the barn need them. And y'all need each other. Want something to do? Want to try it out? On Wednesday, February 15th at 4.30, we're going to go to Feed My Starving Children. We're going to pack food for those that are hungry. It looks like Judy, Jerry, my wife, Wendy, we have all signed up. It's a confirmation event, but we have three spots left. Come, feed your hungry brothers and sisters. The kingdom belongs to such as these. Be the salt of the earth. Do you want to be salt and light more local? Come with me to visit a homebound member. It will make their month. We'll have communion together too. Does anyone want to paint a wall? Does anybody want to pull weeds? Does anyone want to clear up clutter? Service of others starts small. Service of our Lord starts small. Isaiah prophesied long ago, as Paul writes, that what no eye hath seen, nor ear hath heard, nor the heart of man could have ever imagined, that which God had prepared for those who love him. No one could ever have guessed that Jesus would come to us to die for us on a cross and then rise again. Even his closest friends didn't believe him and tried their best to stop it. But Jesus did it for you and for me. He did it for George and for Barb because he loves us. And let's share that gospel. Let's share our good works with the world, with the barn out there. Good works don't or good works won't do diddly. As George told me. They won't do diddly between you and God. But boy, oh boy, 
Will they help your community here in your church, in Elk Grove Village, in your state, in your nation, and in your world? Let your light shine before others, Jesus says, so that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. May the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard your heart and guard your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.